Welcome to Hell and Chains. I'm your host, Daniel Travieso. I've really been complicating this episode for a little bit over a week now. I thought about writing a script for it. Thought about perhaps, you know, having a special guest. Anyway, so on. I've had numerous things cross my mind, and at the end of the day, um, I guess I'm just gonna go ahead and run it. Uh, I didn't do no script for it. I was probably too lazy to write the script. Um, the other thing that I didn't do was reach out and talk to certain individuals that I know will probably be a good boost for this particular podcast. But with that said, I do have a couple of friends that I might just go ahead and integrate later on and throughout this uh, this recording and maybe go ahead and merge a couple more audios in here and kind of talk to you guys about what you know what prison life is like, some of the struggles, some of the things that we experience here. Um, for starters, maybe perhaps I need to go ahead and tell you guys a little bit about me. Come this January, it'll be my five-year anniversary in prison, so I'm not as uh, seasoned as the some of these other vets, but I definitely do have some time under my belt. And uh, I can't say this, though. Perhaps it's hard to understand when you haven't had the experience of this shit here, but after a while, it all becomes a blend. It all just kind of starts bleeding in and becomes kind of like a blur. Um, the concept of time is not really the same thing in here. You don't really understand time the way you do on the outside. For instance, I know um, within half a year, I'll be I'll be down for five, right? And if truth be told, I don't feel those five years. I feel like I've only been down for about a year. Now, nothing compares to county time. County time is probably the worst time you'll end up doing. And I say that because of these reasons here. One of the things is the uncertainty of what may or may not happen, uh, how long you may or may not be gone. That uncertainty really fucks you up. I mean, that's to really put it in lame's terms, but... Uh, after you're done with your county time then you start your bid and uh, I will say this you know it is uh, it's a little bit nerve shocking I remember my first day you know walking into well I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave the name of the prison now but uh, diagnostics which is gonna call it you know um, it was the middle of dead winter and all I had was uh, probably had what a t-shirt and pair of jeans and some tennis shoes anyways it was so freaking cold that day that I mean, to the day i remember i mean just standing out there in line probably for a few hours until they let us inside of the prison just freezing our asses off the whole time finally we'll make it into prison you know the first thing they do is strip you all the way down i mean you're piled up with a bunch of other dudes and before you know it you have to just you're now you're standing naked to them right next to each other um you got to turn around and make sure you show them that you ain't got shit. So they're going to look at your ass. They're going to look at your balls. And in the process of that, I'm sure there's other motherfuckers looking too. And they hose you down with some spray. I think it's like, just in case you got some parasites or some shit, you know, it kills whatever you may have. Fleas. Lies. <laughs> ticks. I don't know. Shit. Scabies. Anyways, once they hose you down and you go through that process... Then uh, you have probably about 30 seconds to wash all that off and 
they rush you to get your haircut. When I mean haircut, I mean they're gonna shave everything off. You won't have nothing on your head. Just shave head basically. Then you go through the process of diagnostics where you gotta answer a gazillion questions and that takes about all day. Uh, meanwhile, and I forgot to mention this, you know, when you leave your county, you normally leave county around two, three in the morning, right? So you've been up from two, three in the morning. This process probably doesn't stop till like six in the afternoon the next, well, that same day. But um, it's fucking hell. That's the only thing I can, I can remember from it. Uh, from there on, you know, your first year in prison, it's, uh, it's nerve wracking. There's a lot of, uh, I, wanna, I don't want to call it magical thinking, but yet you want to go ahead and rely that something magical may happen in your case. And you're going to be magically out of prison. Uh, somehow there's going to be some flaws in your case or uh, just by the power of whatever God you believe in, you know, whatever it may be, you still always have that thought that perhaps you may be one of those lucky ones that you hear so much about, but you never really meet one that goes through this process where they just get out of prison. Um, after you accept the fact that you're in prison, this is your reality, then you just you keep going. And I guess that acceptance really is when it really kind of kicks in. And you start accepting things for what they are, not for what you wish them to be. Um, this process really is nerve-wracking, I'll be honest with you. It, uh, it fucks a lot of individuals up. I've seen some individuals literally go crazy in this place. Or they just completely lose it, or they just give up in life, and you know, either they become suicidal, or they just pick up really bad habits in prison, and you know, they get hooked on all sorts of drugs and other bullshit that they have in here. Um, but you'll never see these individuals the same ever again. Uh, it's sad, but that's the reality of this world here. Um, as the years go by, it. Uh, another process that happens and that's like hardening of your heart you start kind of feeling for individuals you start not really care not really caring for them anymore i remember like the first time i ever saw a stabbing right i was brand new i was in diagnostics and you know i don't know where i see this older uh this older black man he just approaches the cell right next to where i was staying at and i know he was up to no good but i had no idea what he, what, what he was fixing to do so the man's kind of creeping right next to that cell. And then out of nowhere, I just hear, you know, scuffing around. And the guy in there is just screaming and shit. And out of nowhere, he runs out. And I'm talking about blood was just pouring everywhere. Uh, I remember there was, like, blood from the snake just started spilling and, and, and spraying everywhere. And it got in, and got into my cell. And that really, I, that very moment right there, you know, I was I was shocked. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. And I didn't think I was going to witness something like that but then you know soon after that I realized that's my reality and that's what I have to deal with so through the process you kind of stop caring I remember I felt really bad for that guy but, you know I was worried and concerned like genuinely concerned about that individual safety and whether he was going to be okay or not now this process here when it happens you really don't give a shit and that's point blank period I ain't going to sugarcoat it this process kind of just hardens your heart and you really stop caring about things like that. Now, to some of you, this may seem like a cruel reality or a cruel way of looking at things, but there's a process that goes through every inmate's 
mind. And that process, believe it or not, it's, I think you're pretty much conditioned to, to go through this process a certain way because we have no other choice. That's what we have to deal with on a daily basis. Um, you'll be around individuals who commit suicide periodically as well. You'll get to see some of that. Uh, you'll get to see a lot of beatings, a lot of stabbings, uh, extortions. Uh, so many different things that is a, I hate to even use the word normal, but that's really what it is. You know, it's just normal day-to-day -day things that happen in prison. Not every day is bad now. I'm not saying every day is shit or garbage, but, you know, for the most part, that's something that you will get conditioned to and used to as well. Um, now, I sometimes wonder, you know, what, what stability or what, Disturbances that may have in the long in the long run, uh, whether it's going to cause some psychological trauma or not, you know. So I am concerned at times about that, but I really try not to think too much about it. I try to kind of just keep my mind looking forth and you know try to find for try to find better ways of bettering myself, staying busy. You know, I read a lot of books. I uh, I tend to study a lot. I picked up subject and topics that I never even consider even reading before. What's up, bro? Yeah, tell him to give it to Jimmy. Que no se la debe, Jimmy? Entonces que no. Hey, tell tell him to yeah, tell him to give it to give it to Jimmy for Jimmy to count everything, make sure it's good and for Jimmy to give it to Chapin later on. Is that straight? Yeah. Uh, I might cut that part out. I might just leave it in. I don't know. It's uh part of chain gang. Um, but anyways, uh, as I was saying, I do wonder what disturbances is that going to cause in the long term and whether or not it'll, it'll, it'll have a major impact on the way I view things, you know, my surroundings, how I interact with society again, um, that does run through my mind and I wonder whether, whether or not it's going to really fuck me up or I'll be all right once I get out. And I guess only time would tell. Um, another thing that I guess this process is kind of ignored is this, this place is not really a really rehabilitation center. You know, they don't send inmates to rehabilitate. They don't. Uh, I'll tell you what awaits you. What awaits you is an unimaginable amount of drugs. Anything you can think of is here. Uh, you can find it on the street. It's going to be waiting for you in prison. Actually, as a matter of fact, I... To be quite honest, uh, it's probably easier for me to find a. Um, it's probably easier for me to find. Hold up a sec. Okay. All right. Appreciate it, bro. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so it's probably a lot easier for me to find a bump of meth than it is uh, for me to find someone to give me a cup of coffee. That's just 
how much of it is inside of prison, you know, it's an abundance of that shit. And as you can tell, I mean, they always look at the prisoners, they always look at us being the corrupt ones, but the truth of the matter is that, shit, we can't even get our hands in a cookie jar, you know? The motherfuckers that really run this shit are the ones making these hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, undisclosed, under the table, and it's not accounted for. Um, and I mean, and it, it makes sense, you know, You let me give you an example, for instance. A uh, can of tobacco, buglers. Um, I don't know. I don't know the street value, but I'm gonna guess thirty-five dollars or so. You know, that's how much I'm thinking it, it costs, right? Well, that can of tobacco, uh, tobacco holds a value of around eighteen hundred dollars in prison. So you take an item that normally sells for around thirty-five dollars, and you've increased its profit margin by. A huge fucking percentage. Well, imagine these officers that are working in this place and they're getting paid shit. I mean, whatever the minimum wage is probably how much they're making, right? And they have access to making that type of money inside of prison. Well, I guess uh, you can put two and two together and realize what happens more often than not. So, uh, those are just the things that, that, that you see, you know, you see a lot of people really, the, the number one extortions we see in prison is not individuals extorting other individuals in here. Uh, it's individuals who picked up really bad habits and, you know, they're now junkies and they're constantly extorting their family. You know, their family aren't aware of their activities in this place and, you know, they're constantly just feeding them, throwing them money and thinking that, you know, they're using that shit for food when they're really putting this shit up their nose. Uh, first i used to be you know concerned with a lot of these individuals you know i used to take my time and try to kind of talk a little sense to them trying to help them out you know so they leave that shit behind but then realize a place like that you know with that type of mentality is not really accepted in prison uh you're actually if you have a little bit of sense and you're or if you're a little book smart then guess what you're actually looked down upon it's almost like you have to convert yourself into a piece of shit in order to function in in, in prison uh, and to go on undetected as someone who may have a little bit of sense that shit is crazy I'll never understand that and but that's that's the reality that that we have to face in here each and every single day I would love to to go more in depth of things that go in prison and the, the reality of this place uh, and I guess that you know future episodes we can go ahead and do that but for now this is uh i think this is a good start um i will be taking questions and trying to answer them to the best of my ability uh, i don't know when i'm gonna actually kick the gears in in this place and launch it and try to you know do promote this channel this this podcast um to actually have an audience because right now I, I don't think i have an audience of that but you know, I'm still doing this more as like my little audio diary, I suppose. But only time will tell and see how the future of this podcast or where this podcast is going to go. It may not go anywhere. This may be just me venting out and just saying whatever the hell is on my mind at the moment. Uh, but it may not. It may turn into something good. Who knows? Well, anyways, until next time, this is Daniel Travieso signing out.